0: That was pretty good. That was actually bigger than any fish I think I've ever caught. Yeah, yeah it probably was. A couple of things um, Barb is home. And so we praise the Lord for that. That's great news and margaret is home as well uh margaret's been here on sundays but she hasn't always been home for a while and she is now home so we want to uh thank the lord for that as well one person that is not home i just heard this just now is that calvin cruz fell yesterday and did you say buddy broke his hip bud sorry did calvin break his hip broke his hip hip. Wow. okay so we need to be uh asking the lord to be with calvin for sure. That's, uh, that's really too bad. In fact, why don't we just pray right now? Lord, I would pray that you'd watch over Calvin and, uh, and bless him, Father. I, um, he has just gotten out of the hospital f- from a flu, and now he's back in with a broken hip, and Father, we pray you'd bless him and heal him. Uh, pretty rough time to be at this time of year in the hospital, and so we just pray that you'd be with Calvin Cruz and bless him, Father. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. If you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians, I would love that. It's on page 832 that we're going to look in the pew Bibles. And here's the thing with the vignette that we saw. This was a kind of final episode, in a sense, in which now it's wintertime, John goes into the tent, and what has he been doing for months? You know, for months, John has been learning to fish. And now, here at the end, out of the ice tent, clearly, John has learned to fish. But he has to put up with some stuff in order to catch the fish that he does. There's some perseverance that takes place because it's cold now. You saw the rocking of the, of the tent. It's an effort that he has to still go through in order to catch the fish. Even though he knows how to catch the fish at this point, eh, it takes some effort on his part. And this morning, we're talking in one sense about the same kind of thing. We've been talking for months about discipleship. And we kind of have an idea, I think, about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. But are we willing, are we able to do all that God desires for us in terms of following Jesus? That's a big question. And it's not a question that I want this morning for us to ask lightly. And here's what I mean by that. Look at this passage. Some of you will recognize this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And what I want to ask this morning is whether or not You think this is true. And don't answer lightly. Like, don't just say, well, yeah, of course it's true. That's why we're here. I want you to answer this morning whether or not you really think this is true. Like, is this really, really, really true? Or is this something that we just say happened? And do we say that this happened because it explains then why we come together and why we exist as a church family? If we've got this standing there, then this justifies us coming together. So is it just that, or is this really true? And there is a difference. We can enjoy being a church, we can enjoy getting together, we can enjoy viewing ourselves as different from those around us because it gives us some kind of identity or because it makes us feel good about ourselves or because it gives us a feeling of purpose. Or because it allows us to hope that that maybe, just maybe, we aren't hurtling through space at breakneck, breakneck speed upon a spinning ball of rock and water that one day is going to just explode, or that one of these days will end up cold and dark and lifeless. But really. Really, we just invented this whole story, including the Christmas story, because we want somehow just to feel better about things. Is that really what's going on, or do we really believe this? And so, I would ask the question perhaps this way. Is love grounded in an eternal creator and grounded in the coming of this creator to earth... To join us as a human being for a time. The final explanation of everything. Or are we fooling ourselves. So that love is not the ultimate truth. And there is no great lover who created us. And showed showed his love to us. In the birth, life and death of Jesus of Nazareth. Which is it? And I think it's extremely important that we answer this question this morning. And the reason why is because we have been asked to do something. And here's what we've been asked to do. We've been asked to believe in, give our lives to, and follow God and His Son Jesus through the Holy Spirit for all our lives, to follow Him until death. That's God's request. God has asked this of us. And that's pretty simplistic, really, that God is who he is. He sent his son Jesus to die for us. He sent the Holy Spirit to live with us and within us. And now he makes a request of us. He wants us to give ourselves completely to him. That's a pretty simple request. But this is what we've been asked. Now, we tend to make it pretty complicated, and I know less than anyone else. In fact, I kind of enjoy making it complicated. I love to ruminate about it about. I love to think about it. I love to think about God. I love to think about the deep things of God. I love to read about the Trinity and think about all the things that pertain to the Trinity, that pertains to truth and the challenging questions of faith. I love all of that. I love thinking about the ultimate destiny of humankind. I love discussions, difficult discussions, about biblical passages and wrestling through all those passages and talking to other people. I love people who disagree with me about these things and almost getting to the point where we can fight about Scripture. All of that is kind of enjoyable. I love talking about human beings as being rational and logical. And then having also this religious side and this creative side and being loving creatures. I love discussing the world's destiny and the basis of reality and what love really is. I love a great debate and discussion about it all. And I have pretty much devoted my life to such things. But when I'm done intellectualizing and philosophizing and sorting out what's reasonable and what's not, and systems of thought, and what really matters, then what really matters is whether or not I believe a story about God being present in a little baby born in a cattle trough just a little over 2,000 years ago. That's what really matters. And so we go back here. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. We go back there. And if the story about Jesus is true, very little else matters it doesn't matter who you are or who you think you are it doesn't matter where you come from it doesn't matter what kind of clothes you wear what kind of car you drive doesn't matter what kind of house you live in doesn't matter what your worldly reputation is doesn't matter What your status in society is, doesn't matter. Whether you're smart or not, doesn't matter. Whether or not you have lots of friends and are the center of attention or not, doesn't matter. Your past doesn't matter. Your sin, if he's washed it away, doesn't matter. What your children become, except with respect to who he is, doesn't matter. You know, I meet people all the time who try and impress me in various ways. And I try to impress other people in various ways. And if the story about Jesus is true, it doesn't matter whether you impress me or I impress you. I want the Flames to be a really good hockey team. And I want the Seattle Seahawks to win the Super Bowl. And I want the Oregon Ducks to be the best university football team. But if none of this happens, and as long as the Edmonton Oilers aren't any good, then none of this matters. Jonathan sings really well, but if you don't, it doesn't matter. If one of you owns 10,000 hotels or sells pencils on the sidewalk, it doesn't matter. All that matters is what Jesus has done and who God is. Ultimately, that's all that really matters. And so look at Philippians chapter 3. And I want you to look with me at chapter 3, verse 7. And we're going to see somebody who had discovered what really matters. Paul says this. But what, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward, in Christ Jesus. All of us, he says, All of us who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I've often told you before, now say again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is their destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. And that's where we are so much of the time. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. And what Paul does here is he absolutely sets Everything else aside. And he says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I had before. It doesn't matter what kind of Jew it was that I was. It doesn't matter the status that I had. Nothing matters except this. And Paul is exactly right. He is 100% right in his attitude. If we believe all that we believe about Jesus is true. And so, what happened was, Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And Jesus said, Come, follow me. And Paul, just like our banner says, Paul left everything and followed him. And he gave up his family. He gave up his past. He gave up his religion. He gave up his reputation. He gave up his status. He gave up his livelihood. He gave up his home. He gave up his friends. He gave up his colleagues. He gave up his rights. He gave up his dreams. He gave up his goals. Paul gave up everything. Like, we see this symbolically expressed when Peter and Andrew and James and John walk away from their boats and leave their father tending the nets by himself. Like, I know they literally walked away from that. But that's symbolic of what we're all supposed to do. We're all supposed to walk away from all of those things and simply follow Jesus. Here's what Paul says again. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of Sharon in his sufferings becoming like him in his death and so somehow attain to the resurrection of the dead. That's what he did. It's all he cares about. It's all he's interested in. There is nothing else that matters. And he said this because he concluded after having studied in Judaism and after having been raised in a Greek city where he had the chance to study philosophy... But then, having met Christ on the road to Damascus, and after having been around Christians, they had previously tried to kill, he concluded after all that, that the story about the little baby in the cattle trough was the true story about God. And he concluded that there was nothing else worth living for. There was nothing else worth living for. And he gave himself completely to Jesus his whole life just following Christ. So, this morning, I want to ask you. I want to implore you to do the same thing. Now, what's important before you do that is that you must believe that the story is true. I really believe that the story is true. I do. Oh, how I do. I really believe that this story is true. And all of this that we've given our lives to, I believe that this is exactly what God has done. And if you believe that this story is true, then I want you this morning to decide to set aside your excuses. I want you to set aside your own human-centered focus and desires. And I want you to say this morning, not my will, but yours be done. Because if this story is true, then it's also true that God wants every bit of your heart. He wants you to hold nothing back. He wants you to be as totally in love with Him as He is with you. And He wants you to follow His Son by whom He has revealed Himself all the way to the grave. God has made a request of us. We've been asked to believe in, give our lives to, and follow God and His Son Jesus through the Holy Spirit for all our lives, to follow Him until death. Will you? What is the answer that you will give to God? We've heard his call. And his call is, come, follow me. Will you give up everything? Will you leave everything behind? Will you count all of it as loss and follow him? to the very end of your journey here on earth because that's what he's asking you to do and there will be all kinds of reasons why you can think of Oh, well maybe I, I won't do this or you'll make the decision and then very quickly things will come and they will distract you And he does not want you to be distracted. He wants you all in. We have been talking for weeks, months now, about the question of whether or not we're going to come and follow him. Whether or not we're willing to leave everything behind and just be his. And this morning, I do not want us to leave here without asking that question of ourselves. And so here's what we're going to do. Normally, you know, at this point, I pray and then you all stand and we sing. And I'm not going to do that this morning. I want us just for a moment to sit. I just want us to sit and to think. And ask ourselves the question Am I willing to do this? To give myself completely to Him? Because that's what He's asking. And then Jonathan can come and the group and lead us in a song in a moment.